Okay, hi everyone. My name is Dr. Trish Ramprasad. I'm the core behavioral psychologist, and today I have Dr. Joy Johnson with us. Dr. Joy, in um, 2015, she's a grad. She was a graduate of Massachusetts Institute of Technology (MIT). She graduated with her doctorate in electrical engineering and computer science. She was a National Science Foundation Fellow and Intel GEM PhD Fellow while at M MIT, where her research focused theoretical semiconductor processing modeling, inventing environmentally benign fabrication processes and electrochemical energy systems. Following graduate school, Dr. Joy transitioned from researching physical models to building commercial ones in software, leading mobile development at at an MIT-founded music technology startup, Audio Common, as a partner. After leading, leading development of three mobile products of Audio Common, she transitioned to the West Coast to Apple's special projects group, where she worked in HW engineering experience prototyping and has now transitioning back in, into emerging display technology development as HW R&D engineering managing. She has served on the NC, that's North Carolina State University College of Engineering Young Alumni Board, and on the boards of STEM-related nonprofits focused on providing technical research experiences for minorities and women, including the InTech Camp for Girls and iTrek. Welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so, good to so see your face. It's good to see you too. It's been a while. We know each other from San Francisco. Um, we attended the same church at the time, so it's really great to see you. We've kept in, in touch, um, but I finally got her on. She's been a busy <laughs> beach traveling. <laughs> right now, um, you're in North Carolina visiting your family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So can you tell us where you're from? Born so and right now, I'm visiting my grandmother, so that's the ambiance. Nice. Um, but I am from Greensboro, North Carolina. So I was raised in Greensboro. My dad is from South Georgia, but my mom is from North Carolina. So I live most of my life in Greensboro, which is really, really great place to grow up, surrounded by historically black colleges, the Appalachian Mountains, the, you know, the beach. So I always feel like North Carolina has the best of both worlds. But, oh, you know, it's beautiful I'm, there. I'm it's, it's gorgeous there. I've been there. I love Folly Beach. I love it there. It's so beautiful. I know a lot of people that move from New Jersey and New York down to North Carolina as well. So it's gorgeous mm -hmm. there. You have to visit um, people. Let me ask you this, because with your background right now, you probably had to do a lot of studying and stuff. What was your favorite subject in school? I think coming up, it was hard because I wasn't good in a lot of subjects and Initially, my favorite subject is math, but initially that was my hardest subject that I wasn't very good at. And I had a really great teacher who really pushed me. And then my dad put me in with a tutor, this older Indian woman named Miss Singh. And she just took me under her wing and she just taught me everything she knew. Like she was a professor at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, but she had a son who had a severe form of autism. So she ended up stopped teaching to care for him. And she was just excellent. She was just, I mean, she would beat me on the back. She would like, you know, hit you with the wooden spoon, like, Joy, you could do this. Like, why are you messing up? You know, she was always- I could relate, unfortunately. 
you would have thought I was her child. She was oh my goodness. Me. But every Sunday, rain or shine, my dad would take me over there and she would just take the time to really explain all the algorithms and like explaining how to do proofs. You remember how they used to make us do like proofs of everything? Yes. And I just, you know, I think about her often, you know, she's passed on now, but I think about her and her husband often because they just, they beat it into me. And then I eventually got to work for them as a tutor. And that's how I really had this love of math because it came with this kind of community of like, you know, family being around them and like, you know, really learning from her. But she, she was a beast. She was a beast of a mathematician. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you say she was like a mentor to you? I didn't know it at the time, but she really was. She was my tutor from the time I was in the seventh grade until I was in AP calculus in 11th grade. Wow. That's a while. That's a long time. Oh, I'm sorry. She passed away. She passed on. She was much older, but she was, you know, she, she really was one of those people, you know, she had came from India here to grad for graduate school. I think she went to UNC and then she ended up becoming a professor and her, her husband, you know, stayed here, but their son, you know, he had a severe form of, of autism. So she decided you know, I'm just going to focus on him. And so she taught and tutored from home so yeah. that she could be at home with him. But she really was, I mean, I don't, I never thought about it that way until you said it, but she really was a mentor in terms of like showing me, you know, how to think critically and right. how to take something that may seem abstract and break it down. But also, like you said, like being in her home, seeing how she was as a wife, as a mother, yeah. and how caring she was towards her son, even though she didn't understand what he had, Mm-hmm. She knew he needed her her care and her attention. And I think I learned a lot from just watching her, you know? So I, w- I would say that now in retrospect, she was a bit of a mentor to me, much of a mentor to me, yeah. That's so beautiful. Different cultures coming together. And then here she is, this Im- immigrant woman from India who has a child who has special needs, who is on a spectrum of autism. And she is also taking you in and her husband's taking you in as if you're their own. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. She was excellent, excellent. Do you think she had also an impact on you um, where you're at right now? I definitely think the confidence factor, because her thing was like, you can do this. Like it was not, a, you know, older people, especially of a certain culture, they're like, I don't understand why you're saying you don't get this. Like you're just not working hard enough. Like you can do this. You're smart. You know, so I think she instilled in me that confidence that like, it's just a matter of like time and effort, not of like you were born with or without something she's just like oh no 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 like you just need to work harder do this do this do this so I think that confidence that eventually I may not get it right now but I'm gonna get it right that that was definitely her that was definitely her and my dad that's so awesome so cool so what was your educational path what was your name again by the way her name Mrs. Singh S-I-N-G-A okay cool cool what was your educational path from basically transitioning from high school and Mrs. Singh, what was your educational path after that? Because there may be some college kids listening to this as well who may want to do the same thing that you're doing. So I'm curious. It was interesting because I, at the time, graduating high school, I thought like I wanted to go to New York because my older sister was in law school. My sisters are a lot older than me. So my older sister was finishing law school when I was going to college and she was in New York City. She was super fabulous. All her little friends, you know, like they were just living this like sex in the city life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah. I just looked up to her so much and I thought her (laughs) life was so cool. And so I was like, I want to move to New York City and just go to her school. Like literally I applied to her school, the law school she was at. Right. And 
I realized when I went to visit over spring break, my mom drove us up there. We went to see the school again. And I was like, I can't move this far away from home. So I decided to go to NC State. And I think mm-hmm. the, the blessed part about being in North Carolina is there's so many colleges here. And, you know, you have North, North Carolina State, Carolina, and Chap- Carolina Chapel Hill, and Duke all in what they call the triangle. So I knew I wanted to do something related to math and science, but I didn't know what. So it was kind of between like, okay, if I go to NC State, you know, they're big engineering school. They have a great science program. And then I thought about North Carolina A&T, but it was in my hometown. And my parents said, if I went to A&T, I was going to live at home. So I said, well, guess what? I'm going to apply for state, you know? You're like, I need a break from you guys. (laughs) I don't need to, I don't need to live here, you know, but NC State also gave me a scholarship. So when they made the scholarship offer, it was a no brainer. And then I had the opportunity because it's such a big public institution. I didn't have to decide on a major because I really didn't know what I wanted my major to be. So it gave me the opportunity to get an education, you know, for free, but also like if, you know, I could work full time. So I worked all through college every year I worked. And then I had that freedom, like it's a huge school. So if I decide not to do math, I could do any kind of science. There's so many majors to choose from that have good reputation so that's how I ended up at NC State and then I just did the normal freshman thing you try a lot of classes to see which major you want to do and for me I think electrical engineering stuff for me because I didn't have a big science background from Mm -hmm. the schools that I went to but I I knew I was really strong in math and I was still teaching with her yeah I think I taught with Mrs. Singh through my the summer before college so I was like okay well I'm gonna go ahead I by the time I started college I was already at calculus three wow so I knew I could just jump ahead and then that way you know I could choose a major and then I liked electrical engineering because the math classes I already had all the qualifications so I was done and then Mm -hmm. you know it had that physical component so anything I couldn't understand theoretically is like no I have something palpable in my hand that I can make that I can show that I can you know figure out so I think it it really resonated with me so doing NC State was great I was there for four years loved my college experience it was amazing like like you said I was able to work there are so many companies in in the um, research triangle area and then also like you said joining a sorority having my family close by like my grandmother's house is like 20 minutes from NC State so I was super blessed. Like everybody talks about, oh, college is so hard. I'm like, college is great. College yeah. is wonderful. <laughs> Happy for you. You had a great experience. You worked and went to school and you said you were pretty active in the sorority that you were in. Yeah. Right? What yeah, sorority is that? So I played Delta Sigma Theta my mm-hmm. junior year in college. So that was great because I was already mature. I knew who yeah. I was, but I knew I really wanted to be a Delta. My sister, of course, was a Delta. So I was like, yeah. okay. I have to figure this out. And, you know, all the women at that point, I was really interested in engineering and all the women engineers who I knew who were famous and I had their names in my head, like they were a part of that organization. I was like, that's the kind of woman I want to be like. It's a Christian organization. The women are really super technical. They focus on social justice. So it's like, okay, this is the kind of woman that I want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a great experience, especially, you know, being so close to family that I could go to and ask for advice and things like that. Even though they didn't go to college, they still were able to give me the advice that I needed to get through college. So I had a great experience. I had a really great experience. That's so great. Can you do the Delta dances and chants and stuff? You know all of that? Yeah, I do. But (laughs) like I said, I'm a pretty bad dancer. So they put me way in the back, way in the back. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, Joy. Okay, that's that's cute. I can't picture you in the back, but okay, I believe you. <laughs> Way in the back. You, oh know my. Do you keep in touch with them still? Yeah, I mean, we well, the way we see our organization is a little different than I guess uh, other like majority sororities and stuff. It's a lifetime commitment. So we have yeah. graduate chapters. So I'm a part of a graduate chapter in California. And then even I was just actually here about a month ago because, you know, with COVID, we couldn't have weddings and things like that. But one of my sorority sisters who pledged the same year as me, her wedding was here. So I was able to come back for her wedding because yeah. they had, they had, you know, indoor, outdoor and everyone had their mask and everything like that. But, you know, it's just yeah. a special time in your life that like, you know, these are people who are going to be lifelong friends and like yeah. they're, you know, they come visit, you know, come out and visit me in California pre-COVID. But, you know, it's just yeah. those bonds that you make and it's a lifetime, you know, a friendship. So I think it's been, it's been great for me. I think it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience that. for me. I love that. I love that. Um, let me ask you this, being a woman of color and African-American or black woman um, in your field, how, and, and I guess transitioning from the college that you went to and everything, did you experience any racism or oppression or not really? I think, I mean, I'm from North Carolina. So, I mean, it is, you know, we live in a place and I mean, you know, America has had this great awakening, but we, we've lived in the, I lived in the South the majority of my life until I decided to go to graduate school. And I think for us, it became such a norm, like yeah. an everyday, you know, to drive to, you know, for us, if we didn't go to the Outer Banks, we would go to Mortar Beach in South Carolina. And I remember when they were having the fight about where the flag was going to be because they had the Confederate flag at the state yeah. house in South Carolina. So my dad was like, we're not going to Myrtle Beach anymore. But it was like, those little things happen all the time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So for me, when people are like, oh, was it hard to be a woman or black or young or yeah. whatever? I'm like, this is just my life. It's just, you know, growing up where I grew up. That's so, it it's the norm of, for you. It's the norm. It's the norm, which is not, doesn't make it right, but it's oh. it's something that it didn't, affect me as much because I was used to seeing it you know what I'm saying so it was like I, I just had to deal with it but I think the the interesting part is that you know you know the way we believe you know I think God has continually put things in my life to show me that like I don't care if every single person on this earth is against you I'm for you and Absolutely. you're gonna get what's coming to you so like even you know I always tell the story <laughs> about how when I was in high school my dad sent us to the high school across town, which was like the, it was a white high school. And when my parents were coming up, it was only whites allowed at that school. Wow. But they have what they call the International Baccalaureate Program. So by the time we came of age, you know, they, you know, you had to test into this program, but you know, it was integrated by then. Yeah. So when I applied to the school, I didn't want to go because it was across town. All my friends were going to the school that was in my neighborhood. Right. But that was why I didn't want to go. My dad was like, that's the school you're going to. I heard they got a good math program, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I go to the school. I do the international baccalaureate program. I take all the AP classes. You know, my parents are like pushing, pushing, pushing. Like yeah. my dad is sixth grade education, but he's like, my girls are going to college. Like, I don't know how, but I'll yeah. pay the person that'll figure out how to get there. And so, you know, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, you know, trying to like play sports and all this stuff. And I had a great GPA in high school. But when it came time for scholarship, like, yeah, like I was saying, I applied to NC State. Yeah, <clears throat> you could only—I think it was a process where you could only nominate two people for the scholarship. It was a full ride, books, tuition, uh, room and board. 
and they didn't nominate me. They nominated two other people, which was fine. You know, like I wasn't the valedictorian, mm-hmm. but the, when I told her, I said, you know, I think I want to self-nominate. And, the, you know, my guidance counselor was like, I don't know why you want to do that. Like, oh, you would never get the scholarship anyway. And I said, okay, it's fine. Yeah. I decided to do it anyway, but I needed her to send my transcript. Yeah. And so I put in a little form because at the time, this was pre everything being online. <laughs> That's how old I am. But, you know, they were going to, she was going to upload it for me. So she had to scan it and upload it, but it had to be certified by the school. So I had to go through the, the guidance counselor, which she claimed she forgot to do it. And it was me and one other guy who was in my class, a white kid who was like a friend of mine. We both applied. We both like, you know, we're going to apply anyway. We're going to do it on our own. And so I get a call from the scholarship office and they say like, we never got your transcript. Like we got your application. It looks really great. You know, I had submitted all the essays and done all this. They say, but we can't invite you for an interview because we don't have your transcript. And I said, I sent it like a month ago. And they were like, no, we never received it. So I had to go to the office and the lady was like, yeah, I forgot. And I was just like, Whoa, I'm sorry my dad. You for that. My goodness. My dad, my dad had to come to the school, which was awful because my dad like worked seven days a week. Like he stormed that school. I was like, oh God, this one is gonna die. <laughs> yeah, he was like, for you. He was advocating for me. And like yeah. even to this day, like, you know, little stuff like that, you know, it's like even though she did that, I still got the scholarship, you know, and I, you know, was one of the few that they selected awesome. from the nomination. So it's like, whatever the Lord has for you is going to be for you. So it's like, you know, it's, it sucks that we're in a place where we're treated the way we're treated and right. like people still allow those deep seated, you know what I'm saying? Hatred. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's not going to stop what, you know, what the ultimate plan is for my life. So I think for me, I just try to, mm-hmm. as much as I can, <laughs> you know, treat people the way I would have wanted them to treat me, you know, especially when I'm dealing with a lot of students and stuff like that. Because it's just, you know, you never know. You never know. And I think, you know, she tried to come back and say, like, I didn't need to. Da, 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 da. But, like, apparently she had, like, a pattern of this, you know, with Black students. Because there were so few of us that nobody ever said anything. Right. But, you know, it's stuff like that. And it happens all the time. Like, being a woman in a male-dominated field, people saying yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. but it's it's those little things that happen that, like, you know, the person that shows compassion or, you know, I had a guy. I had a guy who was a professor at MIT when I was a graduate student who, you know, it was a crazy thing where they had this committee on graduate students. And I don't know if they had this at your school where, you know, somebody didn't pass their quals or something like that. There was a committee that would review their case and like if there was a disciplinary thing, whatever. So I joined the committee as a student. And, um, you know, the first day I walk in, it's all these tenured MIT professors, you know, they're all, you know, uptight or whatever. Right. There's one professor who walks in and he saw me walk in because I was unsure of like where to sit, where to go. And he just simply came up and he said, you're Joy, right? And I said, yes, sir. And he just pulled out my chair for me, you know, just to let me know, like, you're welcome. This is, you're welcome here. Yeah. I see you, you know, like, and yeah. I think those little things, you know, like, I think change the experience for me, even though the everyday may be, you know, crazy. Yeah, you know I totally I mean? agree. Yeah. So you went through some serious hardships from the guidance counselor to just not sending your transcripts in, but you advocated for yourself and you even put your name in. That's, I mean, sometimes when you're not invited to the table, you have to make your own table. And it sounds like that's what you've done. And then, like you said, you place God and you're like, what's for you is for you. I love that. That's like positive self-talk. That's positive self-talk. You also using scripture and 
and stuff. Is this what you use for mental health? Just keep you going for self-care and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, when you said self-care, I was like, you know, I'm the worst for that because I work <laughs> like a crazy person. You know, like I've always laid the Bible study because I'm like at work. But it's like, right. I mean, just how many times have we scheduled this? <laughs> but you're a busy woman, so I get it. Hard. And it's like, you know, once you get locked in, you know how this is. Right. It's like once you get locked in on something right. and you're just trying to get it to completion, you just, yes. that, that finding that boundary is really hard. But I think for me, I think the biggest way I care for myself is really like doing stuff like this, like spending time with my family or I, I do work that. out, but COVID, COVID is just, no we all, we all are trying but it's not working <laughs> it's not working mindful walks I am an advocate for mindful walks yeah um That's so and you have a you're an apple and we talked about this offline too um because I experienced this too when you have ideas and people copy it or they um plagiarize or what have you and then use it as their own and even mentors or people in power do that too and we talked about this offline how did how do you go about that kind of thing being who you are at apple because you do a lot of different inventions and we'll get into some of the cool stuff you've done how do you handle that yeah. i think it's, it's it's hard because i think there, there's there's two sides of it right like when you're right. coming into a new environment you're trusting other people right essentially you know you go into graduate school yeah. you're trusting your advisor right you're That's assuming they're, they're not going to take yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna, they're not gonna take your idea and use it as theirs or publish as theirs. It's same when you started a new job. It's like this person has been at Apple for X decades and I'm just gonna trust them to make right. the right time for us to call in a patent lawyer or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think for me, when I've seen, I think the hard part was I saw it happen to other people first. Yeah. And as I watched it happen to other people, and especially there was another black woman, um, I won't name her, but I think her, her primary job when I first came in was wireless design. And she did, she was one of the lead wireless designs on the last airport product. You remember we used to have the uh, Wi-Fi, the mesh yeah. Wi-Fi routers. Yes. Um, so she was one of the primary lead designers on the last airport that we had. Mm -hmm. And she had done wireless design on everything from iPad to the old Macs. Like she had been in Apple for at least, I think 12 or 13 years when I joined. And like the kind of stuff that people would do to her work, I was just like, and she was like, I'm leaving. She ended up leaving and moving back to the South. And do, now she's doing her own, she has her own consulting business and everything, but still like watching her go through it made me more vigilant, you know? Okay. So that I started making sure that everything was documented. If I had a yes. brainstorming session with someone, somebody like, oh, I just want to pick your brain or I just want to brainstorm with you. I would document it. So if we talked or we, you know, had a, you know, whiteboard session or something, I'd take a photo and then email them. Great talking to you today. Man, I was thinking about this, this, and this. So it's all in documents, documentation mm -hmm. in terms of like making it somewhat of an objective thing. Like if they try to say like, oh, I filed this. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is the date that we talked about it. And then we could pull in our managers like, oh, here's the email from our conversation. Like, you know, right. so I think some of those things help with the like gray lines of like, oh, I talked to her about this or, oh, I, you know, oh, right. no, that was actually me. And the other I've thing that I've done is- I love that because I've that. experienced this. So you document, which I've done. I also think copywriting and trademarking who you are and your material is very important too. So yeah. that's the thing. Well, we have, within a large company, we can't, we have to right. take everything to our IP group. Okay. So 
I always, and even if I have an idea and I talk to someone about it, I'll yeah. include them on the email. Like, hey, I want to go ahead and send this over to see if we want to file. And I'll just CC them. And, you know, our group has like a dedicated person in the um, IPC that will, you know, start the conversation, document claims. If it's a trademark, if it's a patent, if it's a design patent, they'll go ahead and document everything. But like, I'll just include them. Like, yeah, but your I name is out, attached to it, right? Your name would, is yeah. attached to it. And you're making yeah. sure of that. Okay, that's really good. And it's everything different. has to be date, dated, right? You what? want everything by date. Because they can say like, oh, I already had thought of that. And it's like, but what is the date? Because they would have had to have the date of the first date of conception. Like, yeah. you know, the first time I thought about this or the first time I wrote something on the back of a napkin or whatever. Yeah. And I think once it's objective in that way where it's documented somewhere, yeah. if some crazy stuff happens, at least you have that to kind of fall back on in terms of like, you know, the data doesn't lie, you know, right. but it's it's hard. I think it's very know, hard. Being, a co- being a collaborative person by nature, like which I think we yeah. both are, it's yes. hard because you're like, but wait, I thought, you know, to me, that's a good thing, right? Like we all are bringing it's this It's a thing good together. thing. And you trust the person. So that's why it's like, wait, I gave my mentor all this information, but yep. it's it wasn't for that mentor to make like their own business or something from it. I mean, it's, it's for like the greater good of the kingdom of God. If you're doing, if you're, it's for, it's your idea. It's what you, yeah. and um, I think as people of color, as women of color, I think people take advantage of that and people take advantage of their position and power, but you have a very powerful position in Apple. What's, what's your position there? Your title? I would say very powerful. I think so. I think so. (laughs) But no, so I'm an engineering manager and our team was previously called Emergent Displays. They're actually changing the name of our team right now based on the technology is going to be public very soon, but our team is called Emergent Displays and we're within a part of, um, Apple call hardware technology. So, you know, you have your big silos, you got your hardware, you got your software, you got your services, right? Things like Apple TV, they kind of cross all three, right? Because you have a physical device that's the Apple TV that you buy to put in your home. You have the software that runs it, but then you also have a service that you pay for. But I'm more on the hardware side. So I work in the, on, on watches. So that's the hardware that I'm focused on right now. Like this. Okay, cool. But our team really, when we say emerging, all that means is what's next, right? What's the next technology we want to use in our, in our watch display. So I can't tell you what that is, but that's what our team is, is working on right now. So hopefully in a couple of years. Can you repeat that again? You're working on some, something about the watches. What are you working on? So I, I said, our team is called emerging display. So we work on the next version of the display for the watch. That's so, so cool. Within, within our group, people are working on displays for the Mac. They're working on displays for the phone. And we're, we're really focused on watch right now. So hopefully in a couple of years, you'll be wearing the one that our team is working on now. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm like, you know, obviously with COVID, it's been hard, but we've been working actually much harder. So we're hoping that we're still on schedule. I'm so excited for you. Let me ask you something. When we're looking at our watches or our phones, is there anything that you've done, like as far as inventions for your team? It hasn't been released. Our our actual display right now has not been released yet. The only people that are internal to the company have seen it, worn it, experienced it. But but it's going to be released. It's going to be released. You said. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Very soon. So that's going to be the new face of the Apple Watch. And then you have something, you had something to do with it. 
our team had a little little part in it, but we, you know, obviously it's a system. So everybody is, you know, a part of that. <laughs> being too nice. But, I bet you, you know. had a lot of great ideas, but I hear you. It's, it's been great. That's but so everything cool. I've everything I've I've submitted for patents and patented that Apple has been for this specific technology or something yes. close to it. Yeah. So once it's released, then we can talk about it more freely. But we're hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping. Oh my gosh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you that Please it pray. comes out. <laughs> Please say it happens before I turn 40. That is the goal. <laughs> no, you don't not, you do not look like you're about to turn 40. I'll tell you that. Um, that's so cool, Joy. Can Dr. Joy, congratulations. Yeah, we're, that's we're excited. Awesome. I'm excited, we're excited for you. Enjoy this time of rest because you never know what's gonna happen. It might just do so great. You know, there's so many people that want to do what you're doing and work at Apple and what have you from around the world. Do you have any advice for people? Um, as far as what track they should go or how they can get into Apple, what are some things or skills that they should acquire, that sort of thing? Do you have any advice? I think it's, I, I mean, I'll share experience because I think advice is kind of hard because things are so broad and everything is so, yeah. like I said, it goes everywhere from services all the way to hardware. Like we have people like you who work here who are, you know, helping with different health services and yeah. things like that. But I think for me, um, it I had an interesting road to Apple because they reached out to me about coming after I took a chance and was working in that startup, which was totally agnostic to what I had done as a graduate student. Yeah. But it caught their eye because they're like, we're trying to get into new product categories. And at the time, the product I was working on was a new product category for Apple. Yeah. And I think the one thing I will say is go deep, like get deep expertise in something and then be open to being broad about how to apply it. Cause I think that's the thing that kind of gets us siloed, right? Like I did this very specific semiconductor PhD and I could have just said, I'm just going to go to Intel and make chips for the rest of my life, which I could probably do. Right. And be right. okay. Live in Oregon and, you know, make it yeah. work. <laughs> but the point is they want experts, right? Like everybody yeah. at Apple, especially in our group, right? Where we're trying to do something new. We don't want a bunch of people who just want to, you know, check a box every day, right? Like we want people who want to be experts, who want to be that person who's one of one of one, right? So that we all bring something different to the table. But I think, you know, the skill set is really like deep expertise and that passion, right? Like Yes. everybody always talks about how you know we've moved away from the Steve Jobs era but I was like I still feel like I work at Steve Jobs company you know like yes. everybody is still talking about like what will make it a little bit better what will make the display a little bit brighter what will make it a little bit make the transition faster from inside to outside make the you know color sharper like people are always looking for that last one percent of perfection so I think those things are very important and I think I've seen across the board like I know people I work with who don't have a college degree who came in as like Either they worked at a store and then right. they did a career experience with corporate and ended up becoming an engineer and getting their degree after working here. Or even some people who came in as technicians and worked their way up all the way to engineers. Like I have technicians on my team that are now associate engineers. So it's like, I can't really say what the right expertise is, but I think the mindset of yes. wanting to be a deep expert and wanting to apply it, no matter what the product is or the service is, I think that's the, that's the key. That's the key. And persistence. I, I know people who applied over and over and over again, and then they got in their seventh time or their eighth time. So I would say, you know, yes. apply. If you don't get in, keep building, keep building, keep building your expertise and then apply again. Cause it's not always the same people here. We have a lot bigger turnover than, you know, 
you we used to because there's so many opportunities in the Silicon Valley area, especially. But yeah, yeah I've seen across the board. I work with people with PhDs. I work with people with a, a high school education. So it's like, I love that. I love that. You know? It's just vast. Like if you have a college degree, great. If you don't, then you can do other jobs within Apple and then they can help you get your degree. That's yeah. so awesome. What a, that's really great. It's do hard you, though. I can't, I can't say it's not easy. <laughs> it's, heard, it's, yeah. it's a hard place to work. It is a lot of hours. It is a lot of hours, but yeah. Do you think you, this is your calling and you heard from God, so to speak, in your prayer life to work for Apple or to do what you're doing right now, or you're not sure? No, I definitely don't think it's that to do with Apple at all. You know, like I think the interesting thing for me, at least, is like, I've never thought like, I didn't grow up being like, oh, I want to be an engineer or I'm so like, wherever the road is leading me, that's fine. You know, because at the end of the day, like, it's not, I mean, it's great if you have that thought from the beginning. Like my sister, you know, she always says she wanted to be a lawyer from junior middle school. Great, wonderful. I didn't have that. I was playing with my friends. I, I didn't care, you know? You were a kid, you were being a kid. But shout but out I to the lawyer for, for your sister for being a lawyer. That's pretty awesome. What kind of lawyer is she, yeah. by the way? So she's a, she's a prosecutor. So she, oh, she awesome. prosecutes cases for, um, that focus on uh, abuse and neglect around women and children. So sex trafficking, things like that. That's so awesome. Good so for she her. was one of those people who always knew that she wanted to be an attorney. She wanted to debate. She wanted to be in the courtroom. But for me, I, I've never been that way. I've always kind of had a backup plan. I was like, okay, I'll go to, like, even going to graduate school, I was like, okay, I'm finishing college. I have a job offer, but I'm not really sure if I'm prepared for right. the real world, like working in a job. It's like, let me just do this master's. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just get a job. If I don't finish the master's, I'll just get a job. Like, I'm always thinking about like, well, I can do something else. But I think I do honestly believe, especially some of the interactions that I've had since I moved to California, like I do honestly believe that it's a place that God wanted me to be because I resisted it for a minute. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I want to do this. And then as soon as it happened, there's been so many instances where I'm like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. All right. Okay. I, I, I just got to, you know, surrender to what it's supposed to be. But I just, you know, I don't think it's the job. I think it's the it's the people that I'm supposed to be interacting with and you know I could do this job anywhere but I think this is just for right now this is where he wants me to be so that's so hot that's awesome you know no God's in it if you don't want it so that's pretty awesome yeah I was like really now okay I guess this is what we're doing (laughs) no I I mean yes I, I totally hear you I mean how long have you been at Apple by the way how long have you been there five years this is year five yeah congrats congratulations oh my goodness so let's talk about your traveling right now with COVID because I think years from now people may look at this and be like oh man they went through that they went (laughs) so you're in North Carolina trying to get back to California what's the flight and traveling situation like for you what's happening I definitely, well, I originally took the two weeks off because I was thinking, oh, you know, cases are going down. I'm going to travel. Yeah. I have my mom with me. Normally during the holidays, I have my mom with me because my dad has passed away. So I usually take her because all my sisters are married. So it's just me and her. Like we do our, you know, we do our vacation thing and then I drop her back off and then I come home back to California. And so we were thinking, you know, cases are going down so we went to Puerto Rico I saw as that soon as we were getting ready to get on the plane literally we're in yeah. the airport they changed the rules so they were like oh did you guys get a PCR test 
we got an antigen test thinking we could just go right like oh you got to get a pcr test and we were like wait what like when did this happen they're like today like today it happened and we were just like okay so i mean grateful i mean gratefully like my mom is is really good she got her booster i got my booster and we were able you know we had a rapid test and we had you know our mask and everything but I mean, we, you know, I'm going to leave today, you know, tonight, because I mean, right. all these flights have been canceled. So even with traveling, we just do the whole like wearing the mask and making sure we have, you know, even on the plane, wiping down your seats and all of that. It's been interesting. Let's just say that. Yes. Like we, we were not expecting this. We had a whole two weeks planned and it's yes. just like, you know what? Uh, we're just going to that. Now. Yeah. Well, a yeah. lot of flights got canceled. If people don't know, like I think over a thousand, maybe I don't know how many flights got canceled because of COVID, but um, and Omicron, but also because a lot of staff, pilots, that sort of thing, um, at the airports, they're coming down with the virus, and some or they don't want to go. Or they don't want to, like, and I don't blame them. And I don't blame them. Yeah, if you if you're paying me minimum wage, I'm not going <laughs> to go and put my life in jeopardy. You know, exactly. they were saying like even stuff as small as like catering services or cleaning the planes. Like, yeah. you know, if you're working that job is like your second job, you're not going to go when you know no. people are like being so rude to one another and like not, you know, wearing their masks. So I, I already booked my flight so that it was a layover in Atlanta where I have a ton of family. So if I get stuck oh, there, I'm just going to call one of my cousins and say, come get me. I already told my cousin, I was like, look, I might be at the house tonight. I don't know. <laughs> That's so least, awesome. Atlanta you know, is a good place. Yeah. And yeah. I have a ton, I have a ton of family. My dad's, most of my dad's family lives in or around that area. So I just booked it that way. So if I get stuck, I'm at a hub for Delta and I'm, you know, surrounded by family and my sister lives there, like right outside of Atlanta. So, you know, I have a place to go if I get stuck. That's great. That's so awesome. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. And family is so important, especially during these, these times in the holiday season and everything, since we've all been separated from, I know I've been separated from family and cousins and stuff and from all over and, you know, and now people are wanting to like hang out again. And it's just like, oh, here's something else that's coming up. So, yeah, yeah. I, I really, there were so many friends I wanted to visit and family members. And it's just like, I just don't think it's safe. Like, let's just wait, you know? And they're like, you're all the way here. And I'm like, I know, but I'm not going to be the spreader, you know, I don't want to be the <laughs> spreader of the, of the Omicron, so. No, it's you know. true, it's true. Or Marianne, as people call <laughs> No, not the Marianne. The virus and the side effects. If you haven't checked out some of the TikTok videos, people are like, oh, up. here are the side effects of the Marianne virus, and they're dancing like a Marianne. <laughs> I gotta I, I gotta catch up my nephew's out around so I gotta um, go catch up laughter is the best medicine let me tell you you gotta you gotta look at some of these videos Dr. Joy I want to thank you so much for coming you're so humble okay and she is a powerhouse of a woman and she's a woman of God and she's just so phenomenal and awesome and I just want to thank you so much thank for you coming. for having me thank you for this fabulous eye makeup please <laughs> You didn't tell me. I did not get the memo. I did not know the assignment. Here but, I you know, I like to dress up, self-care, you know, yeah. to look a little cute. And it's okay to do that, you know, So because I don't go anywhere. Yeah. I'm just home. Right. <laughs> Listen, that, that living room, 
is 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 our stage okay that is yes, all it, we is. Have. it is it, it's absolutely is thank you for that if people want to get in touch with you like just to get in touch and ask questions and, and everything do you have an email or a website or anything that they can get in touch with you at I do have a website but I don't really use it but I do have my email that I can share with you so okay cool okay cool and I can put it on in this video so I just want to thank you and safe travels back to California and everyone thanks so much for listening I hope you got some great information um, from Dr. Joy and thanks for joining the core behavioral psychologist bye thank you thank you